Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. We continue with our learning on Pirkei Avot, Ethics of the Fathers, with Mishnah 8 of chapter 2. So what it says in this Mishnah is very interesting. It says, he used to say, it's talking about Hillel, the more flesh, the more worms. The more possessions, the more worry. The more wives, the more witchcraft. The more maidservants, the more lewdness. The more men servants, the more thievery. However, the more Torah, the more life. The more study, the more wisdom. The more counsel, the more understanding. The more charity, the more peace. One who has gained a good reputation has gained it for his own benefit. One who has gained himself Torah knowledge has gained himself the life of the world to come. So let's see what uh, this Mishnah is all about. It's uh, explained by uh, the Maharal of Prague uh, in the book Pirkei Avot by Rabbi Tuvia Basser. And it explains that there are two fundamental parts of the human being. There's the spiritual component of a human being and there's the physical component of a human being. So the first five Mishnah in this Mishnah and the first part of the Mishnah discusses five aspects of the physical part of a human being and the other five uh, verses uh, explain five parts of the spiritual part of a human being. And the number 10 also is a very important number because it's symbolic to the distance between heaven and earth. And it's the span between the physical and the spiritual. For example, the Ten Commandments, also if we look at them, they're also separated in two. The first five commandments are between us and God, so it's the spiritual aspect of our relationship with Hashem. And then other five commandments are between men and men, which correspond to the physical aspect of our relationship in this world. So here, the physical things, what uh, the Maharal is explaining, is that physical things are limited in space and time, Anything that's physical is not eternal, it's, it's, it's not infinite, it's, it has a, a beginning and an end. It's not going to last forever. Uh, people say, oh, I'm going to buy that jacket, it's going to last me forever. It's not true. Physical things don't last forever. They, they have um, a time in which they end. So since they are of limited duration, then they must deteriorate. And this, this is the lesson of the first five items of our Mishnah. Excess in physical uh, matter sets the force of deterioration in motion. So spiritual activities are not limited by space or, or time. On the contrary, they transcend space and time. So they're endless, they're infinite, like God. They will never end. They, they're eternal. So here it says, uh, let's understand a little bit more about what it means when it says, the more flesh, the more worms. So what it's saying here, it's, it sounds yucky really, but it's true, the flesh, the, our body, at the end of our life when we pass away and we're going to be put in a box underneath the ground, we're going to be eaten by worms, that's the end of the flesh. And also, it says that this image conveys the principle that bodily excess is a direct cause of bodily de deterioration, so when a person is excessive in things in his life, like for example in food, he eats excessively, he's a gluten, 
he's gonna damage his body he's creating a deterioration to his body if we eat too much red meat we're gonna get sick so this is what this is the concept of this uh, of this verse then it says the more possessions the more worry a person that has a lot of stuff is gonna be very worried about his stuff the more you have the more you have to take care of it so I know like for example if a person has a normal car he's gonna go to the supermarket she's gonna park it and she's not gonna be so worried about the car if he gets a little scratch okay it's, it's okay it's not the end of the world but if you have a Maserati or a Lamborghini or one of these very very precious cars when you come to the supermarket you're not gonna park it with in the middle of two cars you're gonna look for the last parking space where there's no cars that can hit your car and you're gonna be worried that it doesn't get a dent, that it doesn't get a scratch. And this is what the Mishnah is trying to tell us here. Like the more possessions and the more expensive they are, the more worried you're gonna be about what you have. If you buy a beautiful silk blouse that is $3,000, then you're gonna be dying every time you send it to the cleaners and worried that it's gonna get damaged. But if you wear like a Sarah shirt and if it gets damaged, okay, it's not a big deal. It was 29 bucks, 40 bucks, I can replace it. That's the, the idea. So the more wives, the more witchcraft. In the olden days, it was permitted that men should, could have more than one wife. In the Torah, it was permitted until a thousand years ago uh, where a rabbi came and he said that it, it was forbidden and he wrote a decree that from now on there cannot be a more than one wife in a household thank god for him but what it's telling us here it's it's talking basically about um, the, the the excess of wives which bring problems in a house and in those days it was very common that there would be witchcraft and the women would get together and they would do witchcraft so the warning of this mission is directed at the husband, not to the wives. Not at, uh, and it, even if his wives are religious women, which are, would not do witchcraft, anyways, a person that has too many women in his life is going to be not in a good place. A man that has too many women around him is going to be sick of his head. Like we see now, all these uh, uh, dirty clothes are coming out of Hollywood where we see these actors and these producers uh, being accused of uh, forbidden relationships. And if you look at their lives, their ch challenge in life is very big because they're always surrounded amongst so many beautiful women. They're all surrounded by all this glamour and these uh, uh, glitz. So uh, it's very, very complicated for a man to be able to have a clean mind and a healthy mind in his relationships when he's surrounded by so, ma so many women. So then it says the more maid servants, the more lewdness. And here it's referring to the Canaanite women who were lewd. They were not righteous women. They were not uh, modest women. They were very, they were very modern. So what it's telling us here is that the master demonstrates a leaning towards lewdness through the excess of female servants. So it's talking about more or less the same thing as the excess of wives. And then it says the more men servants, the more thievery. And people refrain from the theft because of their personal integrity. People try don't steal because if they, I get caught, what a problem. But if there's 20 men servants in a house, and one steals, he's gonna, he's gonna say, they won't think it's me, it could be 
any other of the 19. It's not going to be me. If it's only one man servant, obviously he would not steal because he knows if there's something missing for sure it's going to be him. And then it says, however, the more Torah, the more life. And what it means is that when we go through spiritual pursuits, it's the other way around. When you go through physicality, the more you have, the worse it is. The more decadent, the more um, uh, repulsive it's going to be your life. But the more you pursue in, in spiritual matters, it's the other way around. The more, the, 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 everything's going to improve in your life. So Torah vitalizes the soul. It is through Torah that one comes close to God, the very source of life. So when we're learning Torah or we're teaching Torah, it brings an energy inside of you. You can be having the worst headache, but if you're learning Torah, I don't know how it happens, but it goes away because it's the energy of God. When you're connecting to Torah, it's like you're talking to Hashem and Hashem is talking to you. So it's a different energy that you're using as when you are pursuing a, a physical pursuits. So the more study, the more wisdom. The term Torah used in the, in the first phrase refers to a solid knowledge of its laws and grasp of its commandments. So when we're learning Torah, we're learning about the will of God, what Hashem wants from us. So obviously it's going to give us wisdom in life. It's going to make us be people that understand life in a different way. And also it incre it, uh, the, the learning of, of the Mishnah, of the Torah, it, is in, it, it's, it will increase your spiritual level too. So the more you learn, the more spiritual high you're going to become. So the more counsel, the more understanding. It says the term understanding, which in, in, in Hebrew means bina, refers to the depth of comprehension. So it's not only having wisdom, it's having that wisdom and being able to trickle it down to bina, to understanding, because you can learn a lot and maybe not understand the word you're learning. The important part is that you are able to bring it down and be able to conceptualize what you learn and be able to understand it. And the Mishnah has covered three components of the soul, which are our intellectual attributes, which is Chokhmah Bin and Dad, which is wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And this is the way in which we process information. First, we have a flash of light, we have an idea, then we understand it, and then it becomes us, it becomes knowledge. And knowledge is something that is yours, it's you. It's, it's, you don't even have to think about it. If you're a nurse and you're putting uh, injections all day and drawing blood all day, when you're going to do it, you're not going to be thinking that you have to put out the needle. You, it becomes you. It's, it becomes mechanic. It becomes part of who you are. Then it comes to tell us the more charity, the more peace. Peace is achieved when we are free from interference and opposition. A lack of peace possesses a barrier to Torah and to every one of life's pursuits and we therefore need peace to meet the success in life. For Hashem, the most important thing is Shalom, it's peace. Even Shalom, the word Shalom is one of God's names. So for Him, He's willing to give His name for peace. So here it's saying that securing peace requires that people do not harass each other, like people should really, what's more important, that I'm right or that there's peace in the house? That the wife has to make a point with her husband and, tell, and he has to say you're right? Or just let go of the fight and just have peace in the home? Who cares who's right, who's wrong? 
Every person has their own opinion. Every person has their own point of view. We can agree to disagree. So here it's saying peace is abrogated when people press the law to its limit to get their own way. We lose peace when people want to get their own way, when they don't want to allow another person to win, when they don't want to allow to have different points of view in a, in a place. This is what it disrupts peace in the world. But so such behavior creates contention. And conversely, peace is fostered when a person is so charitable that he is willing to forego his leg legitimate rights. So for example, what's the number one reason a family has a fight? When you see families that they, ha they can't get along, what's going on there? The number one reason is money. Sadly, it's money. It's more important for them the money than the relationship between brothers and sisters and, and parents and children. And this is, this is so sad because whole families have been destroyed because one of the people in the, in the home or, or a few are fighting for money. So true charity is peace itself and it is characterized by one's willingness to forego money when a person is in one of these situations and he says, you know what, I prefer not to have the money and have peace in my house. I don't want to fight. Hashem is the one that provides for me, not my brother, not my father, not the factory, not this, not that. What gives me the, what to eat is God. If he wants me to have the money, I'll have the money in another way. So here it says the kind of charity where a person gives only out of the goodness of his heart that does, does not bring peace. The heart that moves one to donate to charity will not necessarily bring peace. The charity that brings peace is when you're giving away part of your, your uh, security, part of who of what you think is right and, and you when you deserve, when you're giving away a part of you, that's when you bring peace to the world. So it is the person who can act charitably when compelled and not just out of goodwill who can foster peace. And, and I remember a story of Rabbi Mansur, an incredible story of a man that his neighbor used to get his newspaper every morning before he got it and he would sit in the stairs of his home outside with his coffee and read the newspaper and then he would fold it and put it back there and the neighbor when he opened the door and got his newspaper he he saw that the neighbor someone was reading the newspaper before he did he could see that it was not neatly folded and one day he woke up very early to see what was happening to his newspaper when he saw his neighbor he would come with his coffee in the hand and sit in the stairs and see and, and read the newspaper then fold it back he got very very upset so he was a religious Jew he went to his rabbi and asked him what should I do I want to call this guy and tell him to get the hell out of here you know leave my newspaper alone get your own subscription so the rabbi said why are you gonna create a machlokes why are you gonna fight with this man what are you gonna earn from that Okay, he's not gonna take your newspaper again, but you're gonna every time you get out of your house and you see your neighbor You're gonna be upset and he's gonna be upset at you. What's the need? Why don't you buy him a subscription? What is it a hundred and something dollars a year or to three hundred? I don't know how much is a subscription get him a subscription as a gift and you'll see that he'll never again touch your newspaper or anything in your home so the man said you know what rabbi you're right it's better to go through peace, shalom, buy it. You have to buy it. You have to buy the shalom. It's not free. So he went and got the subscription and the man, the next day he came and he knocked on the door and he said, oh, I didn't realize it bothered you. 
that I took your newspaper, I'm so sorry. Thank you for the gift. But you see, if, if he would have gone the other route, this guy, every time he saw his neighbor, he would be fuming and the neighbor would hate his neighbor. And what's worse than having a bad neighbor? So here it says, one who has gained a good reputation and has gained it for his own benefit. And the Mishnah lists 10 qualities of which five are physical and five are spiritual. And 10 things can constitute an unified group and the 10th embodies the essence of the entire group. So here what it's saying, the 10th is his reputation is the sum of the parts. The reputation is everything. Like when a person acts in a, good, in, the, in a righteous way, he makes a name for himself. And that is more valuable than anything in this world. A person that has a good name has no price. And it here says that the Hebrew word for reputation literally means name. And in Hebrew, the name of something describes the very essence of that thing. And then, to, for, to, to finish up, uh, it says, one who has gained himself Torah knowledge has gained himself the life of the world to come. This is not an additional thought. It is a clarification of the earlier statement that more Torah, the more life. And in addition to adding to life in this world, Torah adds to eternal life. Because we have this world, the Olam Azeh, and we have the Olam Abba. So, when you learn Torah, you take your Torah with you to the Olam Abba. It's, it doesn't extinguish, it, 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 it goes with you. And, 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 the, and it says here, the statement has placed at the end of this Mishnah, in order to conclude with the loftiest of human goals. So this is the, the loftiest of everything, which is to learn Torah, do mitzvot, and this is what we take with us. This is the only thing that we really own is our Torah learning and our good deeds. So I want to wish you a good week and remember to live a little higher. Thank you.